Listen to ordinary people who lead extraordinary lives. Their leadership styles forever impressed in the hearts and minds of people, be it in their professions, personal life, and or in communities by being an example of greatness. Be inspired by these personal stories and prepare to be both moved and motivated as Maurice Manley II, the serial entrepreneur, interviews present and future icons. Challenge yourself to recognize the leader that lives within so that you may continue to grow and experience amazing things in life. We are all capable of leadership. Take charge and lead up. You are listening to episode number 38. Think, work, serve. Costume and wardrobe stylist Rashanti Lee discusses how one mantra has revolutionized and guided her life with purpose and passion. Rashanti states that opportunities continuously come her way by always learning and thinking outside of the box. Her wisdom and awareness of others makes her a leader's leader. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you Rashanti Lee. Welcome back again for another episode of Lead Up. In the building today, I have the fabulous, talented, beautiful, lovely lady, Rashanti Lee. Oh, thank you, thank you. Welcome, 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 welcome. Rashanti is a costume and wardrobe designer or stylist so to speak or or correct me specialist specialist she does so many things it's hard to really (laughs) pin one title on her (laughs) she's worked on several films and tv some of which you may have heard uh bobby brown story um greenleaf star and many more how are you today? I'm doing well. I'm excited to be a part of this journey and part of this podcast. You guys are phenomenal. I'm great. How are oh, you? Th- I'm wonderful. Now that we're started and we're here and um, really looking forward to get into your story. Yes. Uh, I know you have seen a lot. You've experienced a lot and gone through <laughs> a lot. And I'm just really hoping and anticipating that you can touch millions of people out there wow. with your um with which you have done in your work. Amen to that. I hope so, too. Oh, you definitely will. Okay, so let's get into it. All right. Now, you're originally from the East Coast? Yes. Yes. Originally from Rochester, New York. Born and raised in Rochester. Uh Uh-huh. 585 stand up. Uh Uh-oh. Watch out there now. (laughs) Shots fired. (laughs) (laughs) Rock City in the building, baby. Um, Yeah, Rochester, New York, um, originally. And then um, from Rochester, I went to college and some high school in Nashville, Tennessee, mm. and then relocated from Nashville to LA and Atlanta. So like a lot of traveling, <laughs> right, a, lot a lot of traveling. Travel. Now, how difficult was it for you to move from the East coast to the South and now to the West coast? Um, Cause I'm sure the culture yeah. and um, the, the job opportunities, yeah. people, they're different in, in every single area. And yeah. then LA from what I'm told, because I'm indigenous here. Right, so. right. <laughs> <laughs> There's yeah. mixed reviews on on 
just the the culture and mm-hmm. the people of LA. So in your opinion, just through your transitions, mm-hmm. or was it any difficulty? Um, I would say originally there was some difficulty um, because I moved to Nashville when I was like 13. Okay. And so from those adolescent years, like that's when you're really learning and growing and mm-hmm. establishing yourself and who you are. Like I moved um, with my mom there. And so of course there was some, a little bit of a culture shock, but the beauty of Rochester is that it has like somewhat of a Southern charm to it, even though it is New York because it's like West New York is close to Buffalo and Syracuse. So it's not like the boroughs. It's not as gritty necessarily, even though it is, but it still has more of a a slow pace than um, like the boroughs. So navigating or transitioning from Rochester to like the South of Nashville wasn't that hard because a lot of people, grandparents were from like Georgia like my grandparents are from Georgia or South Carolina like I have that southern heritage Mm. um or that upbringing in my family coming from New York still okay so um that's why your spirit is so great (laughs) oh thank you sir (laughs) (laughs) thank you thank you um so yeah from Rochester to Nashville wasn't that hard but from um Nashville to LA wasn't that hard because I think my work ethic and my hunger that I got while I was in um, college. I went to Tennessee State, a historically black university. Um, Shout out TSU. Um, So from that, like, I had somewhat of a hunger. Like, I've always wanted to do fashion. I've always wanted to do wardrobe. So when I moved, it was like that leap of faith that I took at that moment, just knowing, like, this is kind of part of the journey. This is what I have Mm -hmm. to do. Mm -hmm. And so um, going from... Nashville to LA was just like it was refreshing like when you come to LA as a newbie like I know you from here so you do this but (laughs) when you're coming from LA it's like you're moving away from all that's familiar to you like you're moving from your past you're moving from who you are in that state and creating like a whole new person almost like Mm -hmm. of course like you're still you're always going to be who you are but when you move to LA like you're identifying yourself. It's like a journey. Like you're going, like it's almost like soul searching. When I first moved here, it was like, that's what I needed. I needed to get away from Nashville. Cause at, at that moment, that time, like it wasn't many opportunities for wardrobe or for fashion. And then it was somewhat, I, I don't want to use the word discrimination, but it kind of was in a sense because mm. there's so many colleges there. And then like with TSU kind of with it being HBCU, like you're fighting for opportunities that barely exist there so it's like film wasn't prominent fashion wasn't prominent like that it was country music and that's what they're known for I love country music but that wasn't like the journey that I wanted for myself of what I was aspiring to do so um yeah I think just having that hunger wasn't that hard to to transition because I know that it was something that needed to be done Mm -hmm. for me to excel in my career okay now how different is the fashion scene from all those places yeah well mainly (laughs) because it sounds like you were a little more older and conscious Mm -hmm. when you were in Tennessee yeah so just looking at the south to Mm -hmm. the west yeah yeah LA has a a vibe to it like everybody has personality everybody has swag because people are moving from the Iowa's of the world they're moving from Montana they're moving from different cities so that they can be themselves mm. so they come to LA to be weirdos and what's that <laughs> it's not a bad thing it's a great thing like and I love that I love the fact that people aren't afraid to express themselves like my thesis that I wrote in college was 
expressing yourself through wardrobe and how do you like express yourself? What, what does this mean? And those, those clothes, those costumes, like it, it tells a story and the colors that you wear tell a story, even the aging, the dying, the distressing of your clothing tells a story. And so I like the fact that people in LA, they're not afraid to, if they want to walk out looking like a hobo, they can do that. Like it's so many millionaires. It's that it's challenging because you don't know who's a millionaire, who's homeless out here. Very true. Very true. (laughs) People dress the same. And I like that. I like the curiosity of the fashion sense here. Like it's, it, it's intriguing because you don't know what to expect. Like, even though it does tell us, or like sometimes it's hard to determine what a $500 t-shirt versus a $5 t-shirt yeah. because of how it's styled or the, the confidence that you're exuding while you're wearing it. So I like the fact that people aren't afraid to express themselves in LA, whereas down South it's more polished and put together. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's more conservative. Showy. Yeah. It's more conservative. They care. Generally they care more about brands, but now being in Atlanta, and with art and entertainment and filming starting to become more and more prominent, people are expressing themselves more. And mm. it's a lot of people moving from different cities. So the expression is different in Atlanta versus like Nashville. I would say Nashville is still going to maintain that polished, conservative like style for some time. Mm-hmm. Or it's not going to be as outlandish as like Los Angeles or like the bigger cities of like Atlanta. So just from your perspective, and I want to just because uh, I'm curious. Yeah. What would you say is the um, the mindset behind that approach? Like LA people being being able to fully express themselves, and like you said, rich people can look like a hobo. <laughs> Whereas you go into the South, though, mm-hmm. they're a little more showy or flossy. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that distinction is there? Is it is it pertain? Does it pertain to the actual geographic look? Like, is it L.A. or is it a culture? Is it a mindset? Is it what? What is that thing? If you yeah. could kind of put your finger on it, I think it's a combination of things. I think um, yes, climate does matter because in L.A. we don't necessarily get four seasons, whereas in like the East Coast you get you get the summer, winter, spring, fall. You get those fashion trends, whereas LA, it's like you have one constant trend to just be who you are. Like mm. this is, this is beautiful, like sunny weather the majority of the year. So it's like you don't have to conform or really have those rules of like the climate changes that you have to have, like on the East Coast. Like, oh, you can't wear this color after Labor Day, or you can't do this after mm. this time. Like, it's not necessarily the case because the season barely changes here. So that's right. one thing. And then I think history. Um, with just the South always being more conservative in terms of like the laws, the Jim Crow laws, segregation, like you had to maintain a certain appearance during that time frame to get somewhere, you know, to get mm. to a, a job or get specific like attributes or qualities. Like you kind of had to maintain a certain level of integrity with your clothes in certain places opposed to Los Angeles where it's like, this is the film capital. This is, Hollywood this is the home of creativity like people look toward LA or Hollywood for trends and so like you have that pressure of being trendsetters here so you have to kind of tap into like tap outside the box to achieve that like people in the south are they're looking for what's the hottest trend and what's what's going to be the new color like it's kind of fashion forecasting here like in LA and New York so it's kind of like um those two are the the hub, the capitals of like trend setting. So I think. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
when you were in Tennessee State, there was a a model or a mantra. Think, work, serve. Yes. <laughs> and you adopted that as a lifestyle. Yeah. And what I want to do with that, the think, work, serve, is mm-hmm. I kind of want to break that up mm-hmm. one by one. Okay. And just ask you some questions re- pertaining to that. Yeah. Because since it is your lifestyle now. Right, right, absolutely. So as it pertains to think, mm-hmm. what type of thoughts did you hold that you feel permitted certain opportunities to come your way? I would say thinking outside the box and thinking with the mindset of faith. Like faith drives me, my relationship with God drives me, and that's one thing. Like thinking about what's next, thinking about my purpose. Um, those are my thoughts, my constant thoughts. Like what is my purpose? What am I here on this earth to do? Like, um, and just expanding, like learning and constantly developing your mind because your mind is crucial. Your mind is something that can be attacked on the regular, but you have to keep your thoughts consistent. You have to keep your thoughts and your mindset strong to like even just achieve goals, navigate throughout life. Like that's one thing you have to consistently maintain a level of integrity and positivity, like train your mind daily. Like it's refreshing daily, like feeding your mind positivity, feeding it like wisdom and just speaking to people, like learning from other people's stories and learning from other people's mistakes and just that mindset of just constantly thinking positively, thinking what's next, thinking about your purpose. Right, right. Now, how did you shield your mind from the mind of others? It's a it's a constant battle because when you, I'm a people person, so I care about people. I care about what other people are going through, but at the end of the day, like, I know that I'm here for a purpose. I know mm-hmm. that one person's journey is not going to be my journey. So we can talk, we can have dialogue, we can agree to disagree, mm-hmm. but it's all about being respectful and just knowing that their journey is not going to be my journey. Like we have to understand how to work together through our differences pretty much with anybody within a relationship. So it's just a matter of identifying like, I love you for who you are. We can walk this walk together. But at the end of the day, what's for me is for me. And what's for you is for you. Right, right. I was speaking more in terms of, you know, oftentimes people, let me just use myself. Mm -hmm. So if there's something that I want to do or achieve, Mm -hmm. and maybe I've never done it before, um, but I'm going down this particular path and I um, have friends or family and they say, well, you may want to go this way or go that way. You know, they have, everybody has their opinion on how you should do something for your life. And their opinion is not always the best opinion for you, but it's maybe I deem it as an important opinion because of the status or the stature in which they serve in my life. So how do you kind of say, okay, you know what? I'm going to separate that opinion from mine, even though when you don't really know, Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I think with me, like I've always had, I've always taken the charge of having the challenge of, let me prove you wrong. (laughs) Like that's my mindset. Like, okay, you feel that way. Okay. But watch this. Watch how I'm going to do this. Watch how I'm going to finesse the situation. Even if you don't see it for me. And I, I look at it like, I know that you care. I know that you may be saying these things for me because you don't see the vision right now. But me as an artist, it's like, sometimes I don't even like for people to watch me work because I don't want 
anybody to deter my mindset away from the masterpiece I'm getting ready to create. So sometimes you can't even have people in the same room as you because mm-hmm. they're going to take away your artistry. And even if they don't mean to, like, this is my mindset. I'm an artist. I think creative, creatively. So they may not. Like, you may be an analytical thinker. And what you're going to say to me while I'm in the process of creating something is going to deter me away. So I think just identifying that sometimes you need to take a beat, take a moment, have some space, and understand, like, if you're on a journey to creating something, thinking of mindset of proving somebody wrong, that's what I do. Like, all right, okay, thank you for your feedback. Thank you for your advice. Let me handle this. Watch me and God create something that's going to be phenomenal and amazing that's going to withstand the test of time, Mm. and I'm going to prove you wrong. But I love you. Mm. So that's all. (laughs) (laughs) Now, so similar question, but now it's you against you. Yeah, yeah. How do you shield or how do you manage your own thoughts against your higher thoughts or your higher self? Right. right. You know, you have those negative, the ego comes in and, ooh, you you might want to stay away from that or this is a little scary. So how do you manage and navigate that? I think just understanding the why. Like, why do I want this? What is this for? Like, what is going to be the end goal? Is it something that's, like, for selfish ambition? Is it something that's going to help somebody? Like, is it something that I need for myself? I think just understanding, like, why do I want this? And really determining, like, that helps me identify, like, if it's something of importance that's going to help me to keep going. Mm. Like, okay, even if it's a style that I'm creating, well, what's the point of this? Because I want to have this imagery that's creating, like, inspiration, even if it's through fashion or clothes. So I have to keep reminding myself, like, this is the why. Even if it's something that's maybe menial or something that's just small to somebody else, like, okay, it means something to me. So let me continue to press through my fears, press through the negativity, and get this thing done. Mm. I like that. That's good. (laughs) That's good. Okay, so that's the think. section okay move on moving on to work yeah if there were two i don't know pillars or principles for making sure the work you're doing is productive what would those two principles be say it again if there are two principles Mm -hmm. or we can call them pillars Mm -hmm. just you know fundamental things Mm -hmm. to make sure the work you're doing Mm -hmm. is productive what would they be and so meaning oftentimes we're we we are working quote mm-hmm, unquote mm-hmm. we're doing things but we're not necessarily productive right so if there are two principles that you would create <laughs> that's a good question <laughs> Ooh, we come with it all right um let's see two principles to ensure that your work is productive i'd say is productive I think I probably have to go back to purpose um, and what's the word I'm looking for purpose and I'm looking for the word that (laughs) starts with the P too um Perseverance, if that makes any sense. So, 
the in terms of being productive with um working and making sure that your purpose is kind of like the guiding light of your work ethic mm-hmm. and then just persevering through because it's challenging like you get caught up in a consistent um like day to day you kind of get stuck in some ways but just like persevering through by any means to make sure that your purpose is met through productivity does that make sense <laughs> no, <laughs> that's, right. that's all i got <laughs> sorry i get it i know i know the intent in the <laughs> It is kind of tough. I, I <laughs> thought about that myself. Like, hmm. Um, what was your biggest? <laughs> what would you say? Let me get your answer. I would agree with with purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second would be intention. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think with those two. It's like, what is the intent behind the work that you're doing? Mm -hmm. Is it to kind of show and and to be a status symbol or is it actually to do the work? You know, and so I think that keeps you away from the busy work Mm -hmm. and and brings you back in to a a narrowly focused point. That's good. Yeah, I like it. You second that? Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) What was your biggest uh, setback with regard to work and how did you overcome it? Mm, A big setback, I think um, just balancing personal life because it can get so, so, so time consuming. Whereas um, you don't want anyone to feel neglected in relationships at all. whether it's family, marriage, friends, like it's it's challenging because sometimes you take on a job, like you're literally isolating yourself. Even like um, just working on film and on set, like I've worked 18 hour days before, you know, and it's yeah. it's kind of the norm where it's like the dialogue is like, oh yeah, we got a short day, we working 12 hours. I'm like <laughs> in regular U.S. jobs, like eight hours is the standard. <laughs> but our short day is a 10 or 12 hour day. It's kind of like, yikes. Um, but the reality is it's very time consuming, but when you love what you do, you can got time flies by, you don't want to miss out on moments. So I think that's the most challenging for me is because I'm, I'm family oriented. I I love family. I love my friends, you know, and all of that matters and you don't want to become a robot. Like Mm -hmm. you want to still make sure that you have these relationships and maintain a level of consistency or just like sustaining relationships. You don't want to get sidetrack from that because I feel like we're here on this earth to help people and to be there for people and that's my challenge with just the timing of it and time mm-hmm. management I think with balancing relationships and personal and family and all that so so real quick on uh taking a note on that yeah. do you think because I personally struggle with the concept of you know um balancing work with with the person mm-hmm. Yeah, my personal life. Mm-hmm. So do you think that there is a such thing as a balance when it comes to that? Absolutely has to be. We don't have a choice but to have a balance, I think. Because I've heard theories that it's not so much of a balance, but it's especially if you're extremely passionate about what it is and you have this this strong burning desire. Mm-hmm. So I hear that 
there has to be a, a harmony, if you will, mm-hmm. like a like a a, a, a fluidity that yeah. that permeates throughout mm-hmm. the work. So maybe you're working all the time, but your significant other or your kids mm-hmm. are with you while you're working. Right. All right. And then that I, I essentially creates the quote unquote balance, mm-hmm. if you will, you yeah. even though you're still doing what it is that you love and you like to do. Right. Right. Yeah, that's a great way to think of it. I, I like that. I like the term harmony. That's great. Um, yeah, and I feel like it's important. I think people make time for what they make time for. I'm sorry about prioritizing. Yes. Like, at the end of the day, I mean, excuses, they're... <laughs> 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 There's so many things I can say about excuses, but at the end of the day, like, we don't need them. Like, right. let's... let's, um, let's prioritize and make time for what's important for us. Yeah. That's just a part of it. What is your ideal work day and work setting? My ideal work day is, let's see. It's crazy because I'm, I've been taking on a job as being like the floating customer. Even when I've worked on like my latest projects, I think, they have me in so many different ways because I, I, I have the skill set to sew or I can shop or I can do things that a lot of other customers not, can't necessarily do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of times the designers kind of depend on me for taking on that role of like one day I may be in the tailor shop, the next day I may be on set, the next day I may be dressed in background or I may be at the mall shopping or picking up these things. And I kind of like that. I think it's because like when I like – first came to LA like I was working as a um e-commerce copywriter and so it was like I knew what I was going to be doing in day to day I knew I was going to come in I have to write a certain amount of product description for the website and I have to dis- ex- explain the clothes using fashion terminology sometimes we have like capture sentences and it's just like I'm in the office day to day you know boom 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 I'm home mm-hmm. but with this it's like I kind of like the the unexpected a little bit mm-hmm. of like what I may experience that day. Um, so that's one thing. Like, I don't, I don't mind having a day where I'm shopping at the mall on a company car. That's like, beautiful. I'm spending right, money right. going to these stores, dropping stacks on them. You know what I'm saying? Give me that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's beautiful. I love that. And then I just. Freedom. Yeah. I like, I like freedom. I like expression. I like the fact that I'm contributing something to a production or a film or something that's kind of withstand throughout years. Like this is mm. like, we're creating things that people could look back on and like art and film entertainment, all of that is, is expression. And it's like, it's an outlet for people. So I like to, I like to create. So whether it's me shopping or maybe like creating something like it's, I like to be open. And I think that's why I struggle with kind of having a title for myself. Like I'm a wardrobe specialist, like whatever y'all need right, me to do, what right. you need, you need me to write something, you need me to sew something, like <laughs> what you need. Put some descriptions together, right. but you need to do it all. So yeah. So I guess just, you know, having a day where I can create, like, yeah. and I don't want to put a box on a limited, like. And it what? sounds like you want to leave your legacy wherever it is that you create. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. So you choose to create in areas that last or stand yeah. the test of time. Absolutely. Even with clothes, like when I'm creating a, a garment, like that's something that people can wear. They can switch it up. Like if I'm making a dress, like maybe I, I like wearing, making multi-way dresses where people can style it a halter. They can style it this way. They can tie it that mm. way. Like I think mm-hmm. that's. Mixed that's use. Dope. Yeah, mixed use. I like, I like that. And I like things that 
multifunctional, like creating like garments that are comfortable as well as like dope. Like it's something mm-hmm. that it could be stylish or you can go to sleep in it. Like it's comfortable, but you can like wake up <laughs> right. make up and head out. Like I, I like that. So yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. We're on serve now. Yeah. That sounds like that's your favorite. It is because I um I believe strongly in love languages. And one of mm. my um love languages is um acts of service as well as quality time so when i serve yeah it matters and so when i serve when i'm there for somebody like i've built strong friendships and relationships just by helping like serving like i've helped a lot of my friends move because i know that that's a pivotal moment when you're moving from one space to another like i know that i know the anxiety that people experience when they have to make a transition so a lot of times like one of my best friends I helped her move a couple times but every time I help her or I'm you know helping serve in that aspect I'm drawing closer to people like I'm showing like serving is I feel like it's an expression of love like it you're taking quality time and then you're devoting your time to help somebody like that's that's important to me and um yeah, like, so my, my best friends, like, when it comes to just, like, helping out, helping them at events, I'm helping move tables. Like, I'm not hmm. in a in a mindset where I'm above anything. Like, serving, it met, like, and that's, that goes back to, like, my relationship with God and just, like, how Christ served us. Like, it, it matters, like, all of that service, that servanthood, like, it, that's a part of who I am, a part of, like, my faith. Mm-hmm. And so that goes deep for me. So when I hear serve, I don't, like, psh, I'm not... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that type of chick. Like, let's let's get our hands dirty. Let's figure this out because serving is 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 cleansing. Like you're yeah. you're creating these moments where you're like working to serve. Like it, it kind of all flows hand in hand for me. So, how do you serve best? I serve best where I can be as. A motivator like I feel like that's one of my gifts I have the gift of motivation and um so I, I do serve at church I serve like um the audio visual ministry so they have me in that they're like oh you went film let's put you here <laughs> <laughs> so I, I love that um and like I said I just I love to help people regardless of what it is like I love to work with kids I love to like that's one of my main goals when you said leave a legacy that's something I want to do I want to have something for the youth where they're identifying what their purpose is like I want to serve in that aspect of just helping people identify like what their purpose is how to be better how to feel better like Mm. how to just be well and so um whatever that encompasses like I just want to serve in that aspect of inspiring uplifting like motivating Mm -hmm. helping people in that aspect that's good. Thank you. That's good. I had to <laughs> take a moment to <laughs> digest that. Is being of service work to you? No, it's a part of who I am. It's okay. It's just it, it, it flows. It flows. It's part of the dynamic. It's just it honestly like sometimes it can get overwhelming at times is because huh. it's hard for me to not and, you know, it's, it's so many people out there with needs, and I want to be there for everyone. So I had to kind of, like, mm. understand I can't. You I had to scale back. Yeah, I had to scale back. I can't do it all because if I'm burned out and I don't have much to give, 
for myself then I can't give to others so I have to learn how to best um serve where it's not overwhelming so it's not necessarily work or a job but it can it can become heavy because it's so much that I want to take on so many people that I want to help so how how do you kind of remedy that like um help Mm -hmm. but still manage and say okay Rashanti you doing too much communication um if communication with yourself communication with myself as well as others like if someone asks me like oh can you do this for me and if I know that it's something that I don't necessarily have to like even when it comes to like making things I've learned now that I can be a bridge like I can be there to connect people like I have to learn how to utilize those connecting skills where I can piece people together and I'm not taking on too many tasks myself myself how many is it of me (laughs) it's multiple versions of you that's what we've been talking about. These are <laughs> myself, you know, uh, the shades of right. Ashanti. <laughs> but yeah, so like, and one thing, um, one of the um, my pastors of the churches, there's a church in Granada Hills, Pastor Dre, shout out to Hope's House. Um, she mentioned one, one time in one of her um, sermons, like, Learn how to communicate with people. If you can't do this, say, well, I'm not, I'm unable to do this, but I can't do that. Like, mm-hmm. understand, like, just because I can't help you in the way that you thought I was going to be able to help you, I can help you in this way. And it can still be just as good where it's not as overwhelming or draining for me. You see what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, we're recording right now and an earthquake is happening. Is real? You feel this? We are shaking in the building. This is LA. Welcome. No, I don't want it. (laughs) Solid ground. (laughs) Yeah. Is this your first one? Nah, but it's been a while. Yeah, it has been. That was pretty intense. Is that what? Is that what that was? Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, we were moving. Nice and steady. Take me back to Georgia, the midnight train. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we we just got a little service. All right. Yeah, got a got a nice little rock. We did. Oh my gosh. Okay. (laughs) Is is there a certain level of commitment required to be of service? Yes, um, there is love of commitment. And I think that goes back into um, like time management and making time for what's important to you. Like you have to definitely commit to serving, like commit to it, it, it being a, somewhat of a lifestyle. So um, I'm sorry, that I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> Shouldn't show them out of me. Um, but yeah, so absolutely, you have to you have to commit because it's not always easy for everyone to serve. So if it's some, mm. if it's not part of who you are and part of your love language or part of your mindset or part of your faith, then it could be a challenge. You have to commit to making it important to you. If it's if it's not something that's just like a part of your being, right, right. I I, I feel like we are all put here to serve. Yeah. And I think at, at the core of every human being, that's something that 
we want to do. Right. Uh, many of us don't necessarily know how to do it. Mm-hmm. And we get caught up in the, the life minutia and stuff. And mm-hmm. we end up not doing it. Right. How, if there is a way, how could, how could a person like tap into their, the, the service being that they are? Yeah, I think just figuring out what makes you happy and what drives you, mm. because I feel like everyone everyone has something that keeps them going or excites them or drives them. So it's a way that you can um, incorporate serving for something that drives you or something that excites you or matters to you, because then that'll keep your momentum going. But if it's something that you're not interested in, it's something that you may be doing to impress somebody else or something that somebody dragged you into. It's kind of hard to commit to it or be consistent if it's not something that really excites you. Mm -hmm. So I think that um, it's just about taking a moment to identify like, all right, who am I? What's going to make me happy? What's going to like really keep me going, keep, Mm -hmm. keep me moving forward and keep that momentum. And then figure out there's, there's plenty of organizations, there's plenty of, people that need help in different capacities is not one way to serve. Like it's so many ways that you can reach out and be a part of the community or be an activist in this form of something that excites you or something that's a part of your being. And I think that's important for it. Okay. Makes sense to me. In your opinion, what makes a leader great and iconic? I think knowing people makes a leader great and just understanding people in general in how people move, how people think, how to inspire, how to um, learn that it could be, it could be lonely at the top. Like, and that's, that's the reality of it, but just identifying all of those areas of leadership and, but mostly it's, it's people because if you're leading people, if you're navigating, you have to understand what drives people. Once again, like you have to know how to, inspire what to say or when you're in the room how to engage and how to um be attentive as well as have the pressure of the attention on you like learning how to um deal with the pressure of being a leader having strength and your peace of mind and just like once again going back to thinking and just training your mind and keeping that first keep your mind stable and learning how to just navigate through all the yeah. pressures. And stuff. Yeah, that's good. A few more questions. Yeah. Finish the statement for me. Oh <laughs> I, I think work serve best when I am. Creating. That was definite. That means it was real. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> what leader do you admire and look up to? Mm. I say my mom. My mother is a strong leader um, in my life. She's a entrepreneur. She's stunningly gorgeous. Um, she's a mother of five, but she's mm. loving and she's giving and she's 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 a strong leader, so that I feel it's definitely say my mom is one of my number ones. Okay, um, that's a good one. Thank you. Yeah, it's a great <laughs> final question. 
This is called the tabula rosa. Oh. Which stands for blank sl- blank slate. Uh-huh. Okay. Oh, you're excited. About <laughs> I know, like, what's this about? That's a big word. Ooh, y'all smart? I can't either when I heard about it funny story so there was another guest uh uh-huh. shout out to Randy Saraguchi what up Randy <laughs> previous episode and we were talking while while doing the interview and he introduced the word to me and okay. I said oh what a, a tabula who <laughs> <laughs> But he explained it and he gave me the definition, and I said, "Oh wow!" Mm. Originally, this question used to be called "blank canvas," mm. mm-hmm. but thanks to Randy, he introduced "tabula rosa," oh, snap. which means "blank slate." Randy dropping SAT words on us. I'm mad at it. Randy's a very smart guy. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> so, the "tabula rosa" blank mm-hmm. slate, mm-hmm. i.e., blank canvas. Mm-hmm. You're a artist, mm-hmm. as you truly are. Mm, thank you. And you have a blank canvas in front of you. Mm-hmm. And uh, before you, you have all of the colors that you could mm. ever want to need mm-hmm. to paint a picture. This picture that you're going to paint is your life. Mm. And you're going to design it, create it, architect it any way you see fit. Mm-hmm. Now, before you paint, a couple of parameters. Okay. You have accomplished everything that you possibly could imagine and dreamed of and more in your life. Wow. Mm-hmm. You have made all of the money. You have touched the hearts and minds of countless people mm-hmm. and kids. You have done the family. You've traveled. You've, you, you just did it all. Mm-hmm. There was no stone left unturned. So now returning to the blank canvas... With these colors, what picture do you paint for your life? <laughs> Ooh-wee. Tabula rosa. Um, <laughs> let's see. I see I see a light. Like, I see a, a guiding light. And in my mind, it's like that light is... God's light that I want to be a reflection of. What color is that light? That's yellow. Like a golden yellow. Um, I see greenery, like for the earth, for peace, green for Mm. tranquility. I see red for boldness, um, love, romance. Mm. I see blue for water, which is always calming to me. And it's always refreshing and beautiful. And it goes back into peace. I see brown for the earth. That matters because I feel like the earth is healing. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of what we need in terms of healing is in the earth from what God created. Um, I see golds and purple for just royalty and being regal. because I feel like that's what we are. We are royal. And... Um, I, f- I see families just together. I see unity. Hmm. 
how it all looks on the canvas. I'm not sure, but well, I was going to ask her. All the colors just splashed <laughs> on not there. Splash. It's more of like layers. It's more of like mm, like a fading. Yeah, like the light, the golden light is at the top, and then everything kind of fades. But then the earth is at the bottom, where it's like our Ooh. our um our soil. It's our foundation. Yes, like I see that, and it's like building up, and then you have your families within the earth, and kind of like merging up into God's like. Wow. <laughs> You should go home and paint that. <laughs> really. And don't sell it. Don't sell it. <laughs> don't sell it. Right. Let the price just go up. <laughs> well, I want to take a moment to honor you and salute you. Thank and you. thank you for all of the work that you're doing, that you're going to continue to do. Your, your service, your commitment to the service, to the work. Um, is a blessing and it is needed in this in this world as you know um, many people need to model themselves after your mindset and your your willingness to go out of your way if you will and so I just want to thank you for that oh, thank you oh thank you're welcome the opportunity this is amazing I'm really excited to be a part of this I think this is a really important time period for people to hear things like this. Like it's so much negativity out there, even like on social media, it's, it's so many opinions and thoughts. It's so much heaviness in the world where you need an outlet. You need something positive. You need to hear somebody's journey and their story and understand like you can do it too. Like yes. it's just a matter of, you know, setting these things aside, prioritizing and figuring out. And like, I, I love what you guys are doing. So I'm, I'm appreciative of you. being a part of it. And I'm excited for, what's next and um i want to continue to support and be a part of it because oh, i think it's thanks. important thanks people yeah. need to hear positive and, and i thank you again for coming on this has been great um but i want to open the floor up to you to put all your information out so people can find you or follow you um what projects that are up and coming where they can see your work uh are you working on any other projects outside of your current work like Go ahead. Wow. Okay. Um, well, uh, you guys can feel free to check out my website. It's just rashanti.com, R-A-S-H-A-N-T-E.com. Um, and that's pretty much like my my portfolio, my online portfolio of some of the work I've done al along the years. Mm -hmm. um, follow me at Rashanti Lee on Instagram. And uh, I don't even know what my Twitter is. I just pop on that money. <laughs> you can find me with Rashanti. I think it's the same. <laughs> Um, in terms of work, I've been working as a set customer on um, a trilogy. It's called Fear Street. It's an R.L. Stein trilogy. So that's pretty much where I've been, um, like, on my day-to-day. -day. Outside work, I don't really got much time right now. Right, right. 18-hour <laughs> days. 18-hour days. But um, I'm, I'm working to get back into, like, creating and just – like you said, creating that harmony and that balance and doing yeah. more of that um, with my time. So that's where I am, just Rashanti.com and then at Rashanti Lee on Instagram. Right okay. Now. You know, I meant to ask you earlier, what, because I know it has, well, I'm assuming that it has an elaborate meaning. What does Rashanti mean? Rashanti is peaceful. Well, Ashanti. Um, Shanti is peaceful, one who is tranquil. So peaceful that's one what, who is tranquil. Yeah, so that's, I really try to maintain And, and so the, 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 the raw... I know that adds a whole nother. No. 
nothing. Not really. I'm making Sometimes it up. Sometimes black folks just want to add on letters and just be cool, <laughs> and that's what happened. I'm like, rush on to you. Like, all right, mama, cool. But yeah. <laughs> that's where it is. <laughs> any any questions, comments you have for me? Um. Yeah, so what's what what is your uh guiding light for this? Like what is the goal for your podcast? I'd love to hear. To touch billions, trillions of souls out there to so that they can elevate to their greatest purpose, so that they can be the best version of themselves every day. And I think with that, the world as we know it changes mm-hmm. instantly. Mm-hmm. You know, if everybody is doing what they were put here to do and they're doing it with with passion and fervor and um the ferociousness if mm-hmm. you will yeah uh, problems cease to exist right. you know especially amongst our people mm-hmm. um the complaining goes away yeah. the the looking for someone to save us goes away we just got to do the work Sorry. and a lot of us don't know how to do the work so my thought is if we can hear the work of or we can hear the stories of the people who are doing the work um, at every level of life, it becomes easier to to digest, if you will. So that's the short version of, of this. Yes. <laughs> the truth, all facts and truths. I appreciate it. Thank you again for the opportunity. Thank you. And we're out of here. This was an exciting episode. We literally rolled right through it. Rashanti was a trooper and an inspiration. Her two keys to great leadership really stood out to me. Number one, pay attention to people. And number two, know what drives people. You can follow Rashanti on Instagram at R-A-S-H-A-N-T-E-L-E-E. Rashanti Lee. Let's all do our best to think, work, and serve, take charge, and lead up, even in an earthquake. Please share this episode with those that you care about. To donate, go to the bottom of the Lead Up podcast description and hit the donate link. Once again, thank you for your continued support.